I don't even think we mentioned specifically uh, Nicolas Cage changed his name because he is the nephew of the Godfather director, Francis Ford Coppola, Hmm. uh, and changed it to avoid nepotism, obviously, which I feel like we've been seeing less of lately. I feel like a lot of people have been keeping at least one of their famous parents' names and just riding that high. Yeah, hell yeah. Welcome to Camp Counselors, a more butter show where we discuss, debate, and inform each other about the best and worst campy movies out there. I am your host, Mr. Gigi, and I am joined today by by somebody, and that is Amanda the Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Not rocking solo this episode. We're very excited mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to come back. Uh what's 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 with the thumb? I just noticed that. Okay, I got it's like two weeks ago. I had a hangnail uh-huh. type thing and I just like pull it, go about my business, get them, you know, get them all the time, dry hands, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then it just doesn't heal for like two over two weeks. And it's just getting like more red. And then eventually, like I started soaking it in like water and like salt water. And then it just like was not getting better. So I had to like, yeah, I got I have antibiotic ointment now, so it should be. Should be good, but I basically, I just keep this on so it doesn't whack into things because it hurts like a bitch if anything touches it. And then also just mm-hmm. make sure that like the ointment stays there and nothing else gets mingled yeah, yeah, in. Okay. I think it's doing better, but this is like day three of ointment. So we're just, we're hoping for the best. I'm hoping I don't lose the thumb. When you ripped the hangnail, did that hurt initially? Or was well, it just like a casual? This was like, it was one of the, it was one of the, it like bled a bit when it happened. It was like a fairly like, you know, it wasn't just like a little piece of skin go on your business. Like it was like a deep, uh-huh. it got in there a little bit deeper. Okay. Uh, and then I went, I, th- I went to Universal. So what I think happened is like some gunk from some Universal gunk, even though I was hand sanitizing, Ooh. it just takes one wrong touch something, some kid with his finger up his nose. Just all it takes is just one thing. Mm-hmm. And then infection one swipe you were fucked one swipe and i was done all right well we're all uh, hoping for a fast healing process for thank you. you thank everybody you everybody at the camp counselors community trust yeah. me H- guys comment below say nice yeah, things i'm doing today <laughs> today today sh- today sucks <laughs> today has been very busy today has been very just i get just, it um i don't bro i don't know like i know you travel for work right i've yeah. i've I've traveled recently for uh, pleasure, and I got tired out of airplanes quick. I was like, this is fu- this sucks. I hate the airport. I hate airplanes. And when I come back, it's like I'm so just jump. I, I fall into a pit of work, and it's like <laughs> yeah. you're catching up to everything. And it's like, how the fuck did my work triple when I left? Even yeah. though normally, like, I would take off a weekend anyways, you know, because I try not to work on weekends unless I have to. Yeah. So... I mean, props to you for traveling. I know you're working when you fucking do it, but just traveling in general, including that and the schedule of all this, fucking, I don't know how you do it. Like, sometimes I'm, like, really well prepared. Like I said, this year I started getting some, like, editing help. So, like, Brody came in clutch a lot in Mm -hmm. February. Uh, Just lately, he's been working on a big project, and it's, like, new movies that he can't really, doesn't want to help with until he watches them sometimes, but he's working on a big project right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, But it's, it gets... It gets rough, um, but at the same time, if I'm here too much, I get really unhappy too. So it's like I can't I feel like I can't win. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but yeah, I got back from my last trip 
Um, and I just spent like an entire week at my parents uh, just for the way it worked out. I ended up flying out of my hometown instead of where I live. So mm-hmm. then when I got back, I was like, oh, yeah, I'll just spend the night and leave the next day. And then I was just like, I'm just going to stay here for a week because there's like a bunch of random shit going on. Like this happened. Like my grandparents got COVID. They've avoided it. So it was a little shaky there with my grandmother for a bit. And just I was just like, no, I don't I don't want to I don't want to engage. But yeah, travel can be rough. I get it. And then you're just constantly playing catch up and everyone's all like, oh, can you do this little thing? And all that that piles up. Yeah, fast. No, no matter how much you're like pushing it off, and you're like, I'll take care of that when I get back. That's no yeah. fucking issue. You know, yes. you're responding to the text on vacay. You're like, whatever. Yeah, I got and it. You, yeah. Then you get back, and you're like, Oh no! The consequences. Everything, dude. Yeah, the consequences. It's like, it's like what's that? The IRS wants my head on a fucking spike. Okay, that yeah, too. give me a sec. That's what I was dealing with last week. I was like, <laughs> I'm not going anywhere until these numbers are input, and it's off I, with the accountant now. I hated so fucking much. And then even the flight back to, I was late. LEX can eat a dick. Why anyone flies out of that airport willingly is sad to me. I had to just, I couldn't check bags. I ditched mm. everything. I left it there because otherwise shit. I wasn't going to make my flight. Oh, so, shit. That's wild. That was exciting. Yeah. So that sucks. I, I, try, I try never to check a bag in my life. Like that's, I, I that's travel carry on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As much as possible. That's definitely oh. the move, and I definitely uh, fucked up on that, so that's my bad. I'll eat I'm that so out. It's all good. We're here with camp counselors, and that's mm-hmm. all that matters. Yeah. Like, what, what I need to really bring peace to my day. Yeah, of course. So, uh, today, what are we talking about, Amanda? We're talking about uh, the enigmatic life uh, and career of Nicolas Cage. Uh, he's recently uh, had a movie come out called The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. I have a video up on my channel if you want to check it out separately. Um, but it's essentially a movie starring Nick Cage about Nick Cage, but also not really. It's like a fictionalized Nick Cage while still being Nick Cage type thing. It, it mm-hmm. should have been amazing, amazing. I thought some of it was amazing and some of it was just okay, but people are really enjoying it, so... Yeah, where we thought we'd look into why people would deem this one actor worthy of this type of uh, honor. Hmm. Okay. Well, that's okay. Yeah, I saw previews for that movie, and I didn't know what the hell to think about it. I didn't really know what it was, really. Yeah. So. All yeah, right, that's, it's that's, uh, yeah. yeah, that's what it is. It's basically like you got Nick Cage and, and it is him. Like it starts with a clip from Con Air because somebody's watching Con Air and people know uh-huh. about Face Off and National Treasure. And he's like auditioning for a movie from the director that uh, directed the movie he was in called Joe and all this other stuff is mentioned, Gone in 60 Seconds. So like it is him. Mm-hmm. But then he's got like a fake wife, a daughter that he does not have. Um, he is still dealing with debt issues, but just in like a very different way than how he dealt with debt issues in real life. Uh, it's like the wacky Nick Cage over the top from his movies, not necessarily like what Nick Cage would act like in his free time. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then you've got like Pedro Pascal, not playing Pedro Pascal, playing an actual character who's like this Nick Cage uber fan. Yeah, like everybody else in the movie, except that director he's auditioning for, is a character. They're playing a character. They're not playing who they are in real life or like an exaggerated version of who they are in real life. They are characters in this movie. So it's, 
Uh, one of my friends who saw it described it as like a family guy skit, but like extended into a full movie kind of. And that's probably the best way to describe it. Like those animated adult shows that are like, yeah, this is some stuff that's true about this actor, but we're just going to make it a meme. Mm-hmm. That's, a, a that sounds fun. That sounds fun. Yeah. I, yeah a lot of it's fun. I, I think that they were just really hell bent on adding in like this, like plot aspect that wasn't good. It was like really basic, really. Um, I just feel like Nick Cage deserved better. Honestly, with someone who's had such a crazy career of what his like action movies have been and like what some of like his more character driven movies have been, even the bad movies have done a little bit more in that regard here. But like the buddy cop, not the buddy cop, the buddy aspect between him and Pedro. Fantastic. So Mm -hmm. good. And if it was just all more of that kind of like a super bad, but with Nick Cage and Pedro Pascal, I would have been way more on board with this than what I was by like the end. But it's definitely worth the watch. People are really loving it. Uh, Yeah, it's fun. Okay. All right. That's awesome. Yeah. uh, If you guys want to hear more about that, go watch the video on Amanda's channel. Thank you very much, Man of the Jedi. Go look it up. Thank you. you. Uh, This would be the second time we spend an episode uh, talking about somebody specific on Cam Counselors, I believe. The first time was Steven Seagal. Mm -hmm. Um, Now it's Nicolas Cage. Not the same people at all. Um, and not even held up in the same type of light. One of them is terrible. The other one is pretty much universally loved, I would say. Does Nick Cage get any flack on anything? Not anymore. Like, I feel like for a while he was in so many shitty B-movies, which we'll get into why that was for a while, or just like direct-to-video movies that he got like a really bad reputation like there was that uh, college humor skit from back in the day where it's like nick cage's agent mm-hmm. where he's just calling and being like nick you got to be more selective with your movies here man people are trying to judge you like you got this one uh it's literally just like schindler's list with a different name and he's like i'm in and then it just kind of keeps going <laughs> and getting more and more ridiculous until he just like makes up this ridiculous one about hunting dolphins and sleeping with dogs and then he's like I, you can't be in it nick because it doesn't fucking exist. <laughs> and then he's like, we'll just get Bruckheimer on the phone. And it's just like, it's actually a really good skit. I would recommend people going to watch it. But like, he has that kind of reputation so that it turned into a meme. But then as has been the case with like modern internet culture, you get turned into a meme, people love you. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and that's kind of what's happened with Nick Cage. And then he's been in some like actual really good movies the past few years. And then some like ridiculous ones that people are seeing but still appreciate so i think he's entering i think he's almost kind of hitting like a keanu reeves area where it's a little bit more wacky but let and less wholesome but like people still have that like feeling of affection towards him yeah because i kind of feel the same way i kind of noticed when not not when meme culture was so high or whatever the fuck like when nick was going in these random ass movies from what I would hear from people that I knew, it's just like, man, that dude fell off. Like, what's he doing? He's just going to all these garbage now. And it's like Nicolas Cage took a turn. And it was weird for me because I have this weird nostalgia with Nicolas Cage because um, a lot of popular movies of his were played in my household and loved by mm. my family. Like, Face Off was like a big one that they really loved. And Gone in 60 Seconds, too. I never really got into mm. that. I was never really into cars in general. And I knew that played a big part in it. So I was always like, nah, I don't really care about it too much. But I'll watch it. And it's just this weird thing mm-hmm. where, like, this guy's a legendary actor. You know, that's the impression I had of Nicolas Cage growing up. It's like, this is the fucking guy. You know, and then I watched yeah. National Treasure, and I was like, yo, this is fucking sick. Declaration of Independence. <laughs> this guy's nuts. And then uh, <laughs> for, from there, it's like, what, like, Ghost Rider? Was Ghost Rider before or after National Treasure? Oh, shit. It would have been right after. Mm-hmm. I know. 
yeah, it would have had to have been like, I feel like it was a not very long, similar like time 2007. And I feel like National Treasure was like 05. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And I feel like it was around Ghost Rider that his reputation started going down a bit. It was like he'd been doing some really bad movies in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then National Treasure kind of like pulled him out of not a pit, but out of like he got the youth, you know, he got the youth with National Treasure. <laughs> yeah. Uh and I didn't hate Ghost Rider when it came out, actually. I was, like, Same. pretty stoked on it, and I thought it was fun, and I feel like a lot of people did, but then it's like you start growing up, and everyone's all like, no, that movie's ass. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, to you. But, <laughs> you um, just don't know. You just don't get it. Um, but, yeah, then there's just, like, so many other random ones in between, and I feel like I, it doesn't actually seem like that many years, but I guess he had just been kind of building this bad reputation after National Treasure and like with Ghost Rider sprinkled in. So like the five year period, I feel like he wasn't he didn't have the best reputation. And then he was in Kick-Ass mm-hmm. like as Big Daddy. And everybody really liked him in that. Everyone was like, oh, this is a perfect role for Nick Cage, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I can't remember if he was like getting heavily shit on before that or if it was like kind of after that movie came out that that reputation started like going down a bit before it kind of spun back up in the last handful of years would you say i'm just curious would you say kind of like for the majority of people do you think when they look at actors and look at their body of work do you think they really kind of stick more on the side of you're only as good as the last movie you came out in or do you think they're more just no i mean this is this is the guy it's one movie it's one sneaker whatever (laughs) Uh, I think it's, I think it's like a two in a row thing almost. I think mm. if you've got one stinker, you can maybe, depending on how bad it was, you can kind of turn it around. It might hurt you a little bit in the short term if it like really messes with like public perception of you, um, and then you're good. But then if you have like two really bad movies in a row, I think that maybe is more when people start being like. Uh, and with him it wasn't just that they were bad there was a bunch of just like direct to video and that was like before streaming was really a thing so like nowadays you get something that goes direct streaming nobody's like oh my god yeah yeah it's fucking garbage like (laughs) you know unless it's like a marvel movie for some reason they're just like yeah we just want to put that on (laughs) um but (laughs) nobody goes out of their way to think that that's like a horrible thing anymore especially with the last couple of years but like back then if you had like direct to dvd direct to video movies that was like yeah that was rough (laughs) you know that's really rough um, so I think people kind of started noticing that. And I think it was like the sheer volume of them. He was doing like, you know, four to six movies a year, which is absurd. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But um, do you feel like even with yeah. that, I mean, obviously we've seen it with Nick Cage, but even yeah, yeah. even when you're dropping stinkers, let's say left and right, or just straight to DVD movies. That but no if you have like one really good one, can it like yes. redeem it? I was going to say, are you, yeah, you read my mind. Are you redeemable yeah. always as an actor? I I think so. Yeah, absolutely. I actually think you are because... I feel like critics probably still weren't necessarily on Nick's, Nick Cage's side or like widely. Mm-hmm. And then Pig came out mm-hmm. this past year. And that was one of the ones that everyone was like, this is like the biggest Oscar snub that we've had since Uncut Gems and like massive. This is egregious, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I feel like people have really flipped on, on their perception there of him just because of like a handful of roles like that. So I really do think that like one good role can like save your career. And it's why people usually like to try to end on a highlight. Yeah. You know, nobody wants to go out on their worst project. So they try to go out on like their best project, which is kind of hard because then if you have like something really good, you're like, I should take advantage of this. But it's a tough life. It's tough. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't imagine having like 
like a like literally one of the biggest movies of all time it's like well i'm never gonna top that what the what now did i just coast i I, (laughs) yeah like do you coast do you just i know a lot of people they do like their big budget marvel movies so that they can afford to do their like character driven dramas mm-hmm. like that's the thing like you do a handful of marvel video movies and you're you're fucking good you're set you're in hollywood you're good to go um but yeah if you just kind of like really knock it out of the park where you get something that's like commercially loved and like where just people really respect and they respect you specifically in that role like i can't i don't know that's rough clearly not a problem that nicholas cage has though yeah, Nicolas Cage. How old is he now? He's what? He's like 50-something, 58, 50. Yeah, he'd be 58. 58, he's a, nope. he's a young, Am young I crazy? Man. 56, 56? I was going to try and do the math, and I'll be honest. I'm going to feel really bad. He was born the same year as my parents. 58, I was there right. Okay, I'm like, oh, they're my parents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 58. So he's uh, he's getting up there, but he's he's still doing good. But uh, do you know why he was in so many... So many horrible movies are just... No, I was going to ask you that. I literally many. have no fucking clue why. Why? What happened? Massive amounts of fucking debt. Oh, my man old money. Dude just starts spending money like crazy, but I think specifically it wasn't just that he got rid of it all. It's just he says his accountant kind of fucked him over and he ended up owing the IRS like a ton of money. Mm-hmm. Like to the point that he just moved to Las Vegas so that as he's paying off what he owes, he's not accruing any more uh, income tax because Las Vegas or Nevada is a state where there is no income tax. Mm. So, and I guess he's still there. He's grown to love it, but at the time it was out of necessity um, for the lack of taxes. So, he's bought some pretty crazy things. What are some of the crazy things you think he bought? Um, I mean, I don't know. What do you do when you just have millions of dollars and you don't give a fuck about anything? That's the thing. And it's you're just Nicolas like Nicolas Cage. Yeah, he's an eccentric dude. He's an eccentric dude. When you listen to why he spent some of the money he spent, because you look at the list and you're like, none of this makes sense. But then he explains it. I'm like, that's still wild, but I get it. Mm -hmm. So at one point he had a two-headed snake. He spent a lot on it, apparently. A lot, a lot. But... (laughs) He ended up giving it to a zoo, like a snake with two heads that had to be fed separately. Okay, so do you think it's a thing where Nick is sitting, like Nicolas Cage is sitting in his house and he's like, you know, it'd be fucking sick to buy. Or do you think he's just traveling? People come to Okay, so they're, okay, so they understand. Yeah, I think some of it is probably, I think some of it is probably like, I know a lot of the things he ends up buying is like, I might do this thing one day, so I should own this in preparation for that. Mm -hmm. Like, he bought a haunted house in Louisiana uh, or New Orleans. I know it's the same place, but, like, I think also, like, in New Orleans, Louisiana. Um, And it was because he thought it would be a really good place to write, like, a great American, like, horror novel. (laughs) So he's just, someday, I don't know if he still owns it, but that's why he got it. So I guess, like, people have stopped coming into him with things because he'll just get it. Because, like, the two-headed snake story, you will not remotely begin to expect where that story would go. Uh, He said he had a dream Mm -hmm. of seeing a two-headed eagle. Mm. And then two days later, or like a couple days later, his manager came to him, or his agent came to him, and was like, we got a two-headed snake. Would you like the two-headed snake? And he was like, well, yes, I just had a dream about two-headed eagles. 
So obviously I want the two-headed snake. And you used to have to like put a spatula in between the heads to feed them because one was They're like trying more to eat each other's food. <laughs> yeah, like one of them would like beat up the other one. So you ended up donating it to a zoo because it was just too much effort to take care of. And it lived for 14 more years, apparently. Nice. All thanks to Nick Cage. So it's a it's a All thanks to it's Nick a Cage. thing where like his agent probably knows like this guy likes fucking weird shit. Hey, guess what? This is on the market. You wanna you wanna fucking buy it? Sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Like, some of it, he probably finds himself just out of sheer interest. And then a lot of it is like, somebody must have come to you with this. Because mm-hmm. um, he had a pet octopus at one point, apparently. Uh, he currently has a pet crow. He has a little suit, apparently. I couldn't quite tell if that's just the way it looks or if they got a suit made for the crow. I couldn't tell. Based I'm going to go with the suit, regardless of what the truth is. I exactly. want to believe he has a suit for the crow. That's so yeah. cute. Absolutely. Uh, he has like a pyramid shaped burial tomb that's like nine feet tall. Uh, that, on top of that, he like, wants yeah. to be buried in? Yeah, it's his tomb. It's going to be his like final resting place. A nice little pyramid tomb. That's nice. Yeah. Does, uh, does he. Yeah. How do these things get out? Like, is he open about this? Is there someone else spilling yeah. the tea? I think. Some of it's public record, like the the properties he owns, like at one point, I don't know if he still does, like 15 different properties, including like two European castles, an island in the Bahamas. There is some conflicting information on how many islands he might own or has owned mm-hmm. uh, some yachts. Uh, so that's like where most of the money's going and all that stuff would have to be like public record because like it would be property. So it's like pretty public. But I think he's pretty open about it, mm-hmm. too. Um, and some of them make the news because he had to give them back to government. So, uh, he bought a dinosaur skull, um, at an, yeah, at an auction. He beat Leonardo DiCaprio out on the bid. That's the fun fact. I would brag about that for life. (laughs) Yeah. Cause apparently like Leonardo DiCaprio has this like huge collection of dinosaur fossils to the point that like scientists are like, Give it back. <laughs> yeah, he's bad for science. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But apparently, even though the auction was legit at a legit auction house in LA, I'm pretty sure, uh, whoever supplied it was apparently like a black market just dealer and he had stolen it from Mongolia. So he had Nick Cage had to give it back to the Mongolian government and he's still like, so I feel like I should have gotten my money back and didn't. So there's some beef with Nick Cage in this uh, Mongolia dealing house. Yeah, not Mongolia. Oh. He's fine with them. It's it's the it's the auction house. Oh, the place where he got it from. Right? Yeah, exactly. Because yeah, when you're describing all this shit, all I kept thinking about was black market and like dark web and shit. So that's. And like, I assume just... some of them must be. And mm-hmm. I'm absolutely. I'm not trying to dominate this. It's just because I literally just finished editing that video today, so I'm like steeped in the Nick Cage. But because of all of this, like crazy stuff that he's bought um and weird stuff that he's done with all of this stuff uh it just led to him having to work a shit ton to pay off debts and just kind of like recoup money because he has a kid and like actually now he has a third kid on the way but like at the time he had a son and another son who's 16 now gotta provide for the family is there any yeah. is there any timeline to where like okay it, I did I had to do three years of bad movies and then I you know I was back now. on it. 
Okay. It was like 10 good. years though. It was like 10 oh, years. Oh shit. Of, yeah. If you look at his like filmography, it is like 10 solid years of him making at least four movies a year. And I think some of that is like from a, I think he really loves what he does and he's always trying to like do something new, uh, with, with film and stuff. But a lot of it is definitely necessity. And he did turn down a lot of movies because obviously I feel like when you do that many people just start coming to you being like, well, he's never going to say no. Yeah. But yeah, even, even when he was still making like good movies, he was doing a ton. I'm assuming some of them were like smaller roles though, but I don't know if there's a year that Nick Cage has done less than three movies. So he always still carried that star power, basically, even if he was doing these trash movies. Yeah. So, so looking at it, it it really looks like it was probably around like the mid two thousands when it first started kind of going down a little bit because it was after Sorcerer's Apprentice where it's just like 2011, he did like five movies and then it's just every year is there's just tons of movies and some of them are good and some of them are horrible. A bunch of them are direct to video. 2018, he did three direct to. Wow. Okay. 2019 was really bad. One, two, three, four, five direct to video movies. Jeez. Um, but he says he's good now. I'm pretty sure I read that like he's anything he does from now on, I think is officially like good and he doesn't owe anymore. He's good with the, with the IRS, which I kind of assumed because he's been doing more, like smaller projects that aren't just like cash grabs, like more just you could tell like whoever's making them actually cares mm-hmm. about what they're doing. But uh he's still gonna be in four movies this year, so man's crushing it. <laughs> Man, shout out the IRS. Wonder the fucking IRS. Is CRA that, in Canada. Is that accountant in jail? Do you know? I don't think so. Yeah. Probably not. I, I feel like in many of these situations, like it's pretty common for like actors and musicians and stuff to get just completely fucked by their, their accountants or whoever's supposed to be watching their money. And they've always managed to work something into a loophole. Um, he could also be lying. Nick Cage could be lying. His accountant could have been like, please, Nicholas, please. <laughs> Mr. Cage. <laughs> and we would never know. Um, but yeah, I- I'm kind of weird in that, like, I feel like my family didn't watch, like, any Nick Cage movies. Like, I was watching a bunch before going to see this recent movie, and my parents were like, yeah, like, people from our generation, like, really like Nick Cage, because, like, Moonstruck and Face Off and all this stuff, but I don't ever really remember them watching it a lot around the house. Like, I feel like the first one that I really remember watching for it being Nick Cage might be Ghost Rider, but I knew who he was before that, so I must have seen something with him in it before that and just don't remember lord of war i definitely would have seen lord of war and probably gone in 60 seconds isn't he in a family movie like an old remember him like in a trench coat or something like in new york or something What's... that sounds like moonstruck is that what that is which which share i don't know who the hell's in it but i just remember i just feel like he's frequently in a trench coat too that just might be his go-to attire <laughs> yeah oh look at him look at all suave in here yeah yeah, Moonstruck, he got, I think that would have to, that's the only one I can think of with the trench coat, mm-hmm. if it's even a trench coat. No, I was thinking of Family Man. The family movie, Family Man. Yeah, it's literally I just him just watched. sitting, I don't, it's not even a trench coat, I don't think, but he's just, he's just, in a, he's just in a coat. I just remember the cover, I don't know why. It's just, oh, weird. It's just him standing there. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Coat. Yeah, I don't actually think I've seen that. I don't think I've seen it either. I just remember the cover. <laughs> I love that. Just one of those things. I just think uh, of a person. It's like uh, my mind goes to like fucking Blockbuster and it's like, what was over there? I don't know. Yeah. That's really it. <laughs> And today's episode of the podcast is sponsored by Haritos, the all-natural, made-with-real-sugar soda that comes in a glass bottle in a variety of delicious flavors like lime, mango, guava, and the ever-elusive watermelon. So if you want to figure out where to find Haritos yourself, click the link in the description down below to use their store locator and stop by Walmart to pick up their Fiesta Pack so you can try all the flavors for yourself. Thanks again so much to Haritos for sponsoring this podcast. Um, so yeah... This is a pretty big career. Like, if you scroll through this, it doesn't seem possible that one person should have been able to be in this many movies, especially where it's not, like, background roles. Right. Where you're just, like, dummy in the background. Like, some of these are just quick roles. Like, I don't think he was in Snowden that much, but he was in it. Um, Do you think that Nicolas Cage has an Academy Award? Do I think Nicolas Cage has an Academy Award? I'm going to say no. Yeah, do you think he's won? Am I wrong? He does. He does. Yep, for Leaving Las Vegas all the way back in 1995. Leaving Las Vegas. Don't know what the fuck that is. So, and then like immediately after that, he was like, I need to do action movies now because like I'm going to get typecast. So he did The Rock and Con Air and Face Off like back to back to back. That's so funny. Just Immediately like, after winning an Academy Award. Like, fuck this. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's why I respect him. He's always like people say Nick Cage is always the same. And yeah, he's got like this personality to him that this energy that always feels the same when he's on screen. But you can't say that he's not always trying to do new things. Yeah, I, th- I just think he's just one of those dudes that just has such a powerful personality to him. I don't know. Even when he's talking, just not in a movie, it's like, that's that's Nick that's Nick Cage. It's just, I don't know. No- yeah. Nothing really changes. It's just how he is. Yeah. Like, he did a, a Reddit AMA. He did. But long ago. Yeah, like a couple weeks ago. And it, you could just tell, even if someone else was typing for him, it was him. Like, you could tell, like, just the, just the inflection, how things were typed out, and this, like real care you can tell he has for like film and like performance and all this stuff and he doesn't really seem to feel much like even if he's been to the point where it's like maybe i was a little bit like eccentric doing this thing here there's like no shame to where he's been it's it's very fun um because he's uh he's even at one point had established his own method of acting what do you mean by that like a school, so you know how there's method acting, yes. and then there's like there's basically different schools of acting where people are like, I learn because I I do this like repetition or by studying, or I have an acting method that's completely based around like method acting, where I literally just get into the character and I don't break character. Mm-hmm. He came up with something called nouveau shamanic, um, because he had read a book about how like shamans and old. Um, communities and stuff would just put on different masks and act things out to try to come up with answers for like the universe and stuff. And he says he thinks that um, all actors of today are kind of like that, that they're basically this like offshot of these old shamans that used to for like pre-religion and stuff. And now they're putting on different masks. And I think he had specifically come up with it around the second Ghost Rider, and I was listening to the interview, and it sounded like method acting because he was like, "No, I really just getting my head in the process that I'm actually this otherworldly being." 
that I am this like ancient, this, this thing, you know, like the, like the ghost rider. So I would just show up on set and not talk to anybody and just get in. And I'm like, that just sounds like method acting Nick cage, but I think there are some subtle differences and I'm really interested to see him like flesh out on that. But the you're right. The dude is just like a dude. Yeah. You can tell he's acting, mm-hmm. But it's still just who he is. Yeah, it's, just, it's just Nicolas Cage. Yeah, I don't know. When you were saying that, I was trying to piece it together in my head. And I was like, okay, so it's like, all right, so he's jumping into it. It's like like a faking it till you make it type deal. So, like, you really just get absorbed yeah. in that. And then when you said, it just sounds like method acting. And I was like, yeah, no, you're definitely right. That sounds just like method acting. Yeah. I was trying to get into his zone. I, I, I can't get it. No, I would love to hear more about that. Yeah. Yeah, because I think it was less like getting into the character to like, I think method acting is kind of like the fake it till you become it. And like the shamanic is just acting it out until you feel like you enter the perspective of this character that you're supposed to be playing, which it's a subtle difference. But I think there is technically a difference there versus like fake it till you make it and then actually trying to like channel your way into a character that doesn't exist. It almost It's like... Mm, yeah it's like spiritual versus somebody like acting the the i was gonna say one sounds like a more like not such a like steady path almost like method acting is like Mm -hmm. yeah i'm i'm the joker i'm gonna be the fucking joker and (laughs) i'm gonna fucking give you dead squid legs and be fucking kooky and crazy the other one sounds like almost this is gonna sound weird but it sounds almost like he's like turning off nick cage and he's like a blank slate and he's like now i'm gonna just find this character yeah. it sounds like the same shit but like not yeah. at the same time it's a little yeah well to be fair the shit that leto does is method acting that's not method that's just, acting uh, that's just being terrorism an on set like, <laughs> yeah literally it actually it kind of is it's like literally committing crimes on set to the point that like they had to roll back on it for suicide squad i remember they were like yeah he was sending used condoms and blah 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 and then eventually it was just like well no it was like an open condom packet like he didn't send a used he wouldn't that's mm. no they'd never do that because obviously they're trying to avoid lawsuits but if every actor is like yeah i opened a box and there was like a pig skull in it and like pig head and i got a dead rat for margot robbie like if everybody's saying it's there you can't roll it back either way uh he sucks go watch morbius <laughs> that is that, that is the bottom line guys go watch morbius yeah, pretty much. Uh, so th- there's some th- there's some crazy Nick Cage stories here that I know nothing about. If it- share with me, I might not know all of these. I-, I looked more into like Nick Cage's crazy debt and like why he had to take so many movies. Okay, basically. so that's kind of in the same realm. Uh, he he woke up yes. to a naked guy eating a fudgesicle at the foot of his bed. You familiar? No. No, no, that, um, that's a bad dream. That's, That's, yeah, that's not a good time. Um, (laughs) I want to know how the man got there. I I do know that there's, there's always weird celebrity stories in terms of like intruders, like Miranda Cosgrove just had one about some guy who had been like burying stuff in her backyard before trying to shoot someone he thought was her and then killed himself. So Miranda Cosgrove had oh, to that move. That's fucking horrible. What the fuck? Yeah, exactly. I know. It's like in the way that I just explained it is basically how she was explaining it on like a podcast or something. Because it's like, if I think too hard on this, yeah, this is uh, I'm going to be in a very I'm not dark sleep. place. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Um, okay, I'm looking up this story with the fudgical. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was two in the morning. I was living in Orange County at the time, and I was asleep with my wife. My two-year-old at the time was in another room. I opened my eyes, and there was a naked man wearing my leather jacket eating a fudgical in front of my bed. I know it sounds funny, but it was horrifying. Cage then sold the house and moved to the Bahamas. So we've got one island explanation. That's why Nick Cage got a Cross fucking island. Cross one off. There we go. That's explained. Cross one off. That, that doesn't explain how it happened. I was about to though. say, I love how there's no follow-up to that. It's just that bizarre fucking story. He's like, he, I got I just, up and attacked him. I said, take off my jacket. There's, there's nothing. It's just... Yeah, I know it sounds funny, but it was horrifying. Anyway, go watch Face Off in theaters <laughs> next Tuesday. Yeah, exactly. And that just also just screams Nick Cage that he would just drop some like insanity, mm-hmm. and people would be like, "But like, why?" And he's like, "Well, because <laughs> like, why do you want to crow with the tuxedo? Because obviously." So Nicholas Cage once almost mm-hmm. bought a cave. Almost bought a cave. I want to clarify okay. that. Almost bought to it. have a sex okay. with his wife in it, right? Which is romantic, of course. But he didn't pull the trigger. So this is from Nicholas right here. Uh, I got I I, okay. I got my Let's diving certificate on the Great Barrier Reef. I explored the element of water. The element of water. Love that. Air I did. <laughs> air I didn't really get as far as I wanted to. I wanted to be a hang glider. It didn't happen. I don't know what the fuck I'm reading <laughs> right now. <laughs> But uh, fire, I felt like Ghost Rider. I had explored the element of fire. Then I wanted to explore Earth. Okay, he's going through the elements. This is nice. This sounds very Nicky. Sounds crazy. Like. Cage was in the Black Hills of North Dakota during filming or national tr- uh, on National Treasure Book of Secrets when he got wind of a cave that was for sale. So he decided to check it out. As we've been told, he's an avid buyer of things. So according to Cage, yep. the cave was filled with stalactites, milky quartz, and crystalline crystalline walls resembling Superman's Fortress of Solitude. And oh. then this, of course, goes to uh, at the time I was married, uh, re- referencing his previous marriage to Alice Kim. I thought I'd like to buy this and just go down in the bottom of the cave and get totally naked with my wife and drink. Sadly, he did not buy the cave. And that's the story of Nicholas Gage almost buying a cave. Just all, all, only him being in this disgusting I'm surprised mold. He didn't Why buy would it? you not? Because, like, he was almost Superman. Really? I didn't did know, know that? that. Yeah, there was, I think it was Tim Burton. Tim Burton was making a Superman movie. And there was test photos of this horrific leather suit and his long hair. So it must have been around the time Con Air came out. Maybe not, though. Con what was it? When was it? Probably that would make sense because it would probably be around the time the original Batman was coming mm-hmm. out, too, um, which would check out. But, like, they did a couple test pictures. Yeah, just look up Nick Cage oh, Superman. No. And it's just obscene. They're like, we're going to give you some extra chest. <laughs> It just seems like his Halloween costume. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it just didn't didn't happen, probably for the best. But the fact that he was ever cast in that role is shocking to me. I would never look at Nick Cage and think, yeah, the man of steel. No, definitely not. I could not. The same way his personality is like super powerful, it's like, I can't put you in that role. No, you're just Nicolas Cage. Exactly. 
That's what I mean. There's like the only, he kind of works for Ghost Rider as a character, but like he really nailed Big Daddy as mm-hmm. a character. And that's because Big Daddy is just eccentric. He's a dude who snapped so hard that he turned his daughter into a super murderer. So like it works for Nick Cage, but Superman, it would, you'd never believe it. He, you'd see Superman on the news and then you see Clark Kent and instantly be like, this is <laughs> yeah. the same motherfucker. Like, so much sooner. No, this is. <laughs> exactly no these are hilarious models <laughs> this is uh, if you guys, uh, <laughs> you know, right? they might be popping up on screen right now they should be popping There's up a on lot screen. and they are fun they better <laughs> scrolled by another fun fact here that he was bailed out of jail by dog the bounty hunter what was he in jail for and also uh, why <laughs> heavily in heavy intoxication oh in let's New go Orleans. dude my guy was on bourbon street uh following a domestic oh, okay. dispute Dispute, not abuse, dispute with his ex-wife. So it sounds okay, like a lot okay, of yelling. Okay. They have divorced. I'm not going to, I don't know what their we, personal life is like. Speculate. Either way, we will not speculate. But he, I guess because the bounty hunter was working as a bail bondsman, he ponied up the $11,000 bond to get him out of jail. Because he's a truly dedicated fan of Mr. So Cage. So anybody can bail anybody out of jail. Is that correct? Yeah. What a weird yeah. system. Yeah, you just have to have the money. It's really weird. It's a really, really weird system that, again, it's just like rich people can get out of most situations and like poor people can't. Like Usually it's like a percentage. You only have to pay a percentage, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. So like I think you only have to pay 10%. So if your bail is set at like $100,000, you only have to pay like a 10 per, like you only have to pay $10,000. But then do you have percent. to pay the rest like in in an installment you agreement do. or some shit? If, yeah, you ba- you're yeah, exa- yeah, basically by the time you go through the courts if you're found not guilty, I think you get the 10 th- you'd get like the 10% back and if not, you would have that would just get added to oh, like Oh, okay. I didn't go. know the 10% thing. So that's why some poor people i think and maybe that's only in canada and maybe that's not a thing no i anymore, believe that though because i've heard just I hearing see. random stories like fucking over time it's just like yeah no the bail was set at fifty thousand dollars and they bailed them out like within hours it's like who who just forked over 50 yeah. grand like that i don't know i've had that thought before so it makes sense if it was at least 10 percent. seems more doable yeah yeah it probably like jumps around from location to location like some places might only allow it like in cash some people some places might have like a different rule that it's like has to be up to a certain amount or something i have no idea but i'm pretty sure like that 10 percent rule is like pretty mm-hmm. standard but could be wrong i guess we could fact check we do have the power of the or internet. we could just let it loom in the air and let the audience believe it too let it loom in the air and let us people answer the question for us down below let us know let us know Comment section guys you know what to do i'm seeing one thing here that i'm actually surprised that he hasn't been accused of animal cruelty why is that shrooming with his cat he was talking about how his cat just ate an like a bag of magic mushrooms mm-hmm. like catnip mm-hmm. and then nick cage instead of being like let's go to the vet thought well heck i better do it with him you can't <laughs> let a friend trip alone i guess that was nice. said, yeah, it's just he says it was a profound experience for me. <laughs> we, they were just staring at each other for hours. It, it, I, that's really concerning to me. I, I guess they're fine, but he's like he would stare at me, and I had no doubt that he was my brother. He just decided to be his cat's trip buddy. 
Yeah. And, and honestly, reading some of these stories is why the movie, like The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, doesn't come close to the legend that is Nick Cage, because nothing in that movie just will ever capture with this man just like casually finds himself saying on talk shows. Cage spoke about being stalked when he filmed the 1999 Martin Scorsese movie, Bringing Out the Dead. He says, I was stalked by a mime. <laughs> Silent, but maybe deadly. There's no way that's a quote. There's no way. <laughs> that is There's not no a quote. Way. But it might be. It's in that quotations. We... <laughs> I was being stalked by a mime. Silent, but maybe deadly. <laughs> what? Somehow this mime would appear on this set and start doing strange things. I have no idea how it got past security. It's so weird. He's just one of those dudes like, can I, can I call you out on this as bullshit? I don't think I can. No, because usually there's always someone else involved that can like corroborate the story. Exactly. It's never just like I'm doing something stupid by myself. It's like I hung above a ceiling at a mall that I could have died at with Johnny Depp. It's like always with another person. Mm -hmm. I think the shrooms and the cat thing is the only thing I've read so far that I was all like, maybe not. Maybe not this one, but I have. But no also, reason why would he put deny. that out there? Like, that's exactly. not even like a good story, really. No. It's a good story, but also like he get a lot of backlash for it. Exactly. So for him to share that, it's like that's genuine Nicolas Cage right there. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's insane. This is so funny. Finally, the producers took some action and I haven't seen the mime since. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, uh, uh, Cage is a tremendous worrier. Maybe he's a real paranoid dude. You think that plays okay. into some of the stories? That's what he says. A tremendous warrior. Warrior. Which is warrior? so... Warrior? Warrior. Warrior. There you go. You so said it right. Because he just does so much. You think someone who would worry... Maybe it's just you do so much you don't have time to worry. Maybe. Maybe you just don't want to ever settle down and just stay in your own head. I don't fucking know. Yeah, he says that when he's at home, he just likes to sit and read and quiet, so he's not all like that but he's just clearly an eccentric dude like he's just one of those guys it's like jeff goldblum is like a weird eccentric dude and he's got his own vibe but then nick cage is just that like other level of like the way you act doesn't necessarily make sense for you to be an actor but you are mm -hmm. but then at the same time like what else could this person ever be <laughs> yeah no you're definitely meant to be in front of a camera doing yeah. something yeah Absolutely. I don't even think we mentioned specifically uh, Nicholas Cage changed his name um, from Nicholas Coppola uh, because he is the nephew of the Godfather director Francis Ford Coppola hmm. uh, and changed it to avoid nepotism, obviously, which I feel like we've been seeing less of lately. I feel like a lot of people have been keeping at least one of their famous parents' names and just riding that high. Yeah, hell yeah. But like... Nick was like, no, nah, I got made fun of, so I got rid of it, and I took the last name of Luke Cage, comic book character and composer, but still. Do you think genuinely if he kept that name, we would not be talking about him today the way we are? Because he'd be the same exact fucking dude, but career-wise, who the fuck knows? I almost think... The, with the last name like that, maybe they would have directed him away from certain roles. Mm -hmm. But who knows? I just, I just Nick Cage, just like it's snappy, you know. It's it's snappier. 
I don't, I don't know, because I almost feel like there's enough people who don't realize that he is in that family that I feel like having that association would have probably affected something. He was never like, he never hit it. Like he would talk about it in interviews and mention how like when he was a kid, he literally was just like, I'll show you acting to his <laughs> uncle. Didn't go anywhere, but like he was just that guy. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think he's ever not been that guy. But that is an interesting question. I don't know. I, uh, with, with a last name like that, like I just kind of want you in mobster movies, honestly. And I think you just fit in there. Like Nicholas. Yeah. Nicholas. Uh, how do you pronounce it specifically? I I think it's Coppola. Coppola. Okay. But it, I always say Coppola, but I think it's Coppola yeah. based on some of Yeah, I could be wrong, though. I could now have it backwards in my head. But yeah, if I see Nicholas Coppola, like you're just going to be like the the fifth dude in goodfellas or something or you're gonna, yeah, you're gonna exactly. be in the irishman or some shit i don't know yeah. <laughs> i don't see you in ghost rider starting nicholas coppola <laughs> just i don't know it's true yeah nick cage is it's it's one of those names that's so actor heavy that they literally just i don't know wait actually i could be wrong hmm. mortal Kombat has johnny cage did johnny cage take the name because it's like i'm because johnny cage in mortal Kombat is an actor True. Who's part of Mortal Kombat? So did they take it from Nick Cage, or did they also take it from Luke Cage, who was a fighter? I don't know. Then would, I, don't, I, I would why have would to. F- made him? I would have to figure out who's like Ed Boon's inspirations, because he kind of talks about a lot of how how you arrived at a lot of the names. I feel like there's no way it was Nick Nicholas Cage, because the like the first Mortal Kombat John, came out yeah. like way too early for them to be like, yeah, Nicholas Cage, he's that dude. Yeah, because like first Mortal Kombat, what was like eighty nine or ninety? Uh, I, I, in that zone though, so that's why like I don't think it's fucking Nicolas Cage. There's no way. Apparently, it's Jean Claude Van Damme. That makes sense. And they just but went the to name Johnny Cage. Cage. Maybe it just sounded cool. Yeah, fucking... I don't know where they got the name Cage. Cage fighting. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, maybe because he's just more of like a traditional fighter in the games. Yeah, I guess. I really thought it might have been some like weird combination there, but I guess not. There was no connection there. Oh well. <laughs> That was a nice shot. We appreciate the shots over I here. I thought so. I was like, is this a thing? But no, it is not. You named his second child Kalel. Superman's <laughs> birth name. So did my old boss. That's funny. It's the only reason I care about that fact. <laughs> That's interesting. He was, yeah, he was a big, he was a big uh, Superman dude. Yeah, I... Every time somebody asked him about that and he didn't say oh it's because it's superman's name even though he's like a huge comic book geek Mm -hmm. he literally just said what it means i think in hebrew and he says it's a beautiful name he never mentions voice of god kalel means voice of god that's fire yeah and he's like and i think it's a beautiful name did not mention (laughs) that it's the name of superman which i really respect Mm -hmm. because like you could be like well that's Potentially where you got the name, but for him, it's all like, no, I know what it means. And that's why I've named my child this. Well, see, I mean, I kind of feel the same way uh, with my daughter. My daughter's name is Raiden, you know, and that was oh. uh, from Mortal Kombat. That's how I got. That's how I thought of the name, obviously. But I love Raiden because he's the fucking thunder god. And he's like he's the dope. big bad motherfucker in Mortal Kombat. Yeah. You know, he's not to love be fucked guy. with. So I love what Raiden stands for in general. So when I obviously people will pick up on the name like oh it's from Mortal Kombat and it's like yeah but like like she's like the thunder goddess you know so like it's like cool I love that I love that so I just like to I just I like to describe it in that way so I kind of feel that honestly I get it yeah no instead of just saying like oh I got it from Superman it's like yeah but do you know voice of God like yeah (laughs) voice of God that's yeah that's a way cooler explanation 
Yeah, absolutely. Versus like the little Bella Edwards and Alice's out there, or the Khaleesi's. <laughs> it's like, there's nothing else this could possibly be. <laughs> so like, you're just fucked. Oh, that's cute though. Do you like give her a nickname? Like, do you call her like Ray for short or? No, I, I don't. Cause I, I love the name Raiden personally. So I, I don't like to like, if it came naturally for sure. Right. But you know, so, some people have gotten nicknames for her, like, um, maybe just like Ray Ray, just like yeah, little random Ray Ray. cute nicknames like that. But mm-hmm. me, it's like, nah, I'm going to always call you Raiden. You're Raiden. Cause I love that fucking name. Call you Raiden. I like that. That's mm-hmm. really cute. Ah, oh, that's awesome. So do you think that like Nick Cage is the type of person, do you think it was too early to have a, a Nick Cage movie where Nick Cage plays an offshot of Nick Cage? Or do you think that like the minimal amount of his life we've gone over today <laughs> has made him worthy of this? I think definitely. I think if anybody's the movie you're explaining to me, I think if anybody's worthy of that, there, there aren't that many. Right. But he's just that dude. He's that, he's that dude, dude. And no one would ever question that this movie came out. Yeah. I think he's more than worthy of it. Yeah, I, I agree. When I saw the like, because it was at South by Southwest in, in Texas, and I, I when you just shot, saw all like the different movies popping up, when that one did, it was like it made perfect sense. Like there was nothing in my head being like, why the hell is somebody making a Nick Cage movie where Nick Cage is being Nick Cage? And yeah. if anything, I'm like, this isn't enough. This isn't even enough Nick Cage. It needs to be more Nick Cage after watching <laughs> it. Um, so I think there is not a person more worthy of this treatment. No, I'm with you. Even when you just pretended to say that protest just now, it didn't sound natural. So, (laughs) no, he's that dude. He's that dude. He's that dude. Shout out Nick Cage, man. Shout out Nick Cage. Uh, There will be no s'more slash tent on fire scale here because Nick Cage is just Nick Cage. He's not worthy. He's he's not fucking belittled to some shitty scale. Yeah, he's just that dude. He's all over the place. Like watch him in like Kick Ass. Watch him in like Face Off, and then watch him in Pig, and you'll just have widely different experiences of his range watch him in mandy you know just Mm -hmm. insanity just insanity well i think that is gonna do it uh for today's episode of camp counselors uh we can't really give it a score but i will give it a a 10 out of 10 uh tasty enjoyment for the career of Nicolas cage even when you hate it It's still tasty to some degree, but make sure that you follow more butter on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Spotify, and subscribe on YouTube. Thank you all so much for listening to the Camp Counselors podcast. And as always, make sure to butter your popcorn. See you guys.